I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Welcome to the fourth edition of the fifth and last NRL podcast. A very big thank you to everyone who grabbed it on iTunes and Podomatic. Keep supporting it, keep helping us grow, and keep getting on the Facebook and the Twitter as well. Uh, up this week, we have our final four teams that we're going to be previewing before the 2013 season kicks off on Thursday. Thank God it's finally here. Uh, the four teams we have left are obviously the Tigers, the Rabbitohs, the Roosters, and the Dragons. And we'll also be joined by the Wild Panther himself, MG, for 10 in the bin. Uh, MG is going to be giving us his predictions for the 2013 season, as well as his thoughts on the World Club Challenge that obviously went by, and uh, his thoughts on Ben Barber as well. And later on, we'll be joined by Mr. Gossip. As always, he's going to give us the inside word on what's been going on. But uh, Brock's got something to tell you now, obviously, about the Sportsmanship Award that we spoke about last week, so here's a little more detail on that. Okay, guys, uh, announcing this sportsmanship award that we're going to run. It's going to be $50 per week for the winner. In order to uh, enter, what you need to do is email your stories to fifthandlastpodcast at hotmail.com. It's for under-18s only, so that's probably important to note. Um, It's for males and females um, from any sport. So the winners will be announced weekly on the show. So get your stories in. Um, We don't yet have a sponsor for this, but um, we're going to put up some cash ourselves. We just want to get this off the ground um, and reward those people out there. Not the best athletes, but the best sportsmen um, and who demonstrate sportsmanship on the, on the field of play. So, uh, yeah, that, that'll run weekly. So uh, get involved, get your stories in. And obviously, the more you can share that um, in and around the Facebook and the Twitter, as Lewis said, um, the better off it's going to be for those people who pro- probably need that uh, $50, um, you know, to get some gear or to, to help them travel to and from sport. It's a great initiative, so make sure you all get behind it, support it on the Facebook and the Twitter, and help us uh, find somebody and support those great sportsmen out there. Uh, like we said, obviously we've got the four previews coming up, but before that, we're going to be joined right now by the Wild Panther himself, Mark Goyer. Time four, ten, in the bin with the Wild Panther, Mark Goyer. And now we're joined by MG. MG, welcome back. Hello, boys. How are we? Good, mate. What's happening? Oh, mate, finally, eh? Uh, tomorrow night it kicks off. Can't wait for the, uh, the blockbuster. It's been, well, it seems like forever in, in waiting. Uh, Roosters and Rabbitohs 
Hopefully they, he does get on the field because they will look pretty stupid after running all the SBW OMG ads for him not even to turn up. <laughs> That's a point. It's been a um, fairly, <laughs> fairly fair endorsement of money into that if he doesn't even turn up. Yeah, I must say he doesn't look too much like a willing participant. He doesn't look like he's happy uh, doing it at all. I suppose he wants to be. He wants to come back and run the league and speak with his actions more than with his words. Well, let's hope he does. Let's hope yeah, he does. Um, obviously, the you know the thing that's on everyone's lips at the moment, the Ben Barber situation. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think uh, the Bulldogs handled, handled it beautifully. Um, you know, it's, uh, it'd be easy for any club in the NRL to just say, look, to, to their best player. You know, we know you we know you got some dramas. We might we need you on the paddock. Um, you know, we'll, we can cover for you. We'll, we'll, we'll send some smoke screens out there, and we won't let anybody know exactly what's going on. But you just make sure you're right to the to the field and. Bulldogs did the opposite. They said, "Well, stuff this. The players' welfare is more important than us winning games, which is a refreshing thing to see in the NRL." And uh, Todd Greenberg uh, continues to impress. Now, that's what I was just about to say. I think we've already given Greenberg a massive rap, and rightfully so. For he said it would be the easy option to terminate his contract, but uh, they're better off helping Ben Barber the person first. So hopefully, we get Ben Barber the football player back. So big raps to him and uh, the Bulldogs. Yeah, big time. And, and you know, we've uh, all throughout uh, your rugby league careers, whether it's um, you know playing first grade or you know blokes playing uh, lower grade or blokes playing in the bush, there's always blokes who who come out of nowhere and just snap um, and become you know your best player in your team. And usually the mediocre riders are the ones that um, usually come to a, a black halt. And, and I suppose the the catalyst for this was um, you know, uh, him and his, his partner breaking up, uh, two young daughters to contend with, and um, it gets messy, you know, when you've got, obviously you've got a lot of Klingons as well, who actually want to be part of your life, but, um, you know, won't be there for long, or at the time you never see that. I, I know I went through, you know, when I had my demons, and um, I, I thought I had a thousand friends, but, you know, these days I can count my best friends on one hand, so... Uh, it's a wake-up call for Benny Barber. I read, this, read uh, earlier this week that um, he's put in, they, the dogs are uh, going into rehab. Uh, just this, you know, about the addiction to the, the poker machines and and the grog. So good steps. Uh, hopefully, we see him back on the field sooner rather than later. Yeah, here, 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 here. Well, obviously, since last time we spoke to you, the uh, the Storm have won the World Club Challenge. Something that yeah. um, has been rolling around in my head. Obviously, we've discussed the game and and. Um, you know the, the thoughts that we sort of had coming out of the game were that obviously the storm were much classier. I mean, the leveler is probably the weather over there, and the fact that it's probably the storm's first real run. Um, but where do you think the storm rank in terms of the best team in the modern era? Obviously, we had the the Raiders of the early nineties, which you can you know, obviously talk about firsthand from your experiences playing against them. We've got the Broncos of the late nineties, and then probably the Brad Fittler Roosters of the early two thousands. Um, where, where did the Storm rank amongst those those sort of sides, mate? Well, I think the Storm are the best. Well, I think they've got to be the best, considering they've only basically got three players in their team. Um, who, you know, and, and probably the game's best coach at the moment. So, um, you know, all these other teams, you think you, you spoke about the Raiders in the late 80s and early 90s, they had 
you know, six or seven superstars. The Broncos of the early 90s had six or seven superstars. Yeah. Um, the Roosters, obviously, Freddie was the, the main man, but they had blokes that they had a forward pack to die for. Um, the, the amazing thing about the Storm and, and what what they can do is the fact that they've only got three players who probably are on the upper market you'd have a go at. Uh, the rest of their team are, are, are mixed, mixed and matched and put together. And, and they just seems to be an ethos down in Melbourne that uh, Craig Bellamy gets them. He, he turns them into these six-foot-five bulletproof uh, weapons of mass destruction, and if only he can do it. I don't know what he does. Um, but, but what he does is, is, is paramount to how successful they are, and he's, he plays a big part. Don't worry about that. And yeah, well... But you've got to have the belief of your players. And just on that, I, I really think, you know, I just earlier the week, earlier this week, um, I think yesterday, I read somewhere where uh, he might be resting some of his players due to the due, just due to the World Club Challenge and what it takes out of it. So obviously, if, if Melbourne over the first month are going to be resting players because of the, the travel and the conditions, surely it's time to have a look at the World Club Challenge and, and, and see whether or not it's, it suits our game at the minute. I think it's one of them things, a bit like City Country, where it's slowly dying out. Yeah, history tells us that the team that does travel over there usually does struggle in the first part of the premiership, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a given. You know, you're, as you mentioned, you're travelling over, you're playing your first game, well, I was supposed to play a warm-up game, which fell through. Um, so your first really game since the grand final was against the premiers of, of England on their home deck, which is minus five degrees. And, yeah. um, you know, you're playing on a smaller field, you're playing in slimy conditions, you're playing with a different ball, so... Any, any team that goes over and wins is, is a great team. I dare say that if uh, an English team come over here and play uh, the entire season, I doubt whether they'd get out of the bottom two or three teams. Mm. Yeah, I think we're pretty unanimous on that as well, mate. Yeah. So obviously heading into uh, heading into this season, obviously we've got the kickoff on uh, well tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, you got to love it. So your top eight, mate. Who, who have you got in the eight and why? Uh, top eight. I, 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 Obviously, it's a crystal ball, and everyone is entitled to their own opinion, but yeah. it's mine. I think the Dogs will play the Rabbits in the grand final, and, and I think the Dogs will win. Um, yeah. I think the Storm and the Shark will round off the top four. Um, we've got the Cowboys, the Roosters, the Knights, and the Panthers to round out the top eight. Um, but from last year's top eight, I think uh, Canberra might slide a bit. Um, I think uh, Manly might slide a bit, and I think the Broncos will be... Uh, a slider as well, but interesting to see through the uh, early part of this week, Mount Meninga said that the Cowboys will be the only Brisbane team to make the finals, and I probably tend to agree with him. Yeah, well, I think we both had the, the Cowboys definitely somewhere up the top, and I, I had Bulldogs at number one, obviously, when we started doing the podcast, but for me now, I think uh, with how important Ben Barber is, I, we don't know how long he's going yeah. to be out for, and Graham for the nine weeks, I'm starting to get uh, a bit more of a feeling towards the Cowboys or Souths, I think, for this year? Yeah, you know, um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of money going on the, uh, the Roosters as well to have a, a stellar season with the inclusion of Maloney and Jennings and Johnny Bill and uh, O'Donnell as well. So um, I think James Maloney will actually be close to the bye of the year. I think that he'll, he'll provide unbelievable confidence for Mitchell Pearce. Um, he'll be he's a bloke who plays... Uh, tough for five eight, bit like Steve Carter did at, at Penrith, um, but he can also kick goals and score tries. So he's he's going to be instrumental in the Roosters um, if they're going to make the top four or top eight. We'll be on, we'll be a lot on the back of James Maloney. So are you have you bought into the Roosters theory, MG? Like I mean, I know I hear it a lot. 
I mean, obviously, looking at last season, I know you can't just take everything from last season and, and apply it to this year. But for me, I I don't see him making the eight. I don't. I know I don't have him in my eight, but I mean that's only my opinion. Just. I don't know about their discipline. I don't know whether Robinson's going to have enough time to have sort of change the culture there. Um, I think right. you're, you're 100% right with Maloney. I think, well, I know me and Lewis have spoken about it in terms of he's probably flown under the radar because he signed so early last year. Mm. Um, people almost forgot about him as a buy for this year. But I agree with you there. It'll, it'll free up uh, free up Pearcey a little bit. But I don't know. I just, MJ Jenko left Penrith on bad terms. He's sort of only been at the Roosters for four weeks, and Sonny Bills had a... He hasn't even really even had a pre-season with him. I just, from a, probably a coaching perspective, I just don't like the the feel of it. I, I don't know. It's just... Yeah, that's it. I, I think you've got every right to feel that way. I think a lot of um, supporters over the Roosters supporters would feel the same way. They're obviously an unknown. They've got to put the runs on the board with their, with their big names. Yeah. Um, but I think it'll, you know... Daniel Williams, if you watch him... Obviously, Union's a lot different game than rugby league, but um, 27 years of age, probably the peak of his, his sporting career. Um, the next two or three years will be when you reach a peak. Um, you know, look, let's face it, he's played four or five years in Union, where he's, he'll probably make more tackles in one game in league than he did in the whole five years in Union. Um, well, what will uh, be the, the X factor is how he how he how his body handles the uh, the, the rigors of uh, the NRL. Um, you know, these days, when he left in 2006 or seven or 8, whenever it was, um, the, the rugby league landscape has changed dramatically ever since then. Um, yeah. By the size of the football, we spoke about this last time I was on. And, um, you know, where Sonny Bill Williams just to stand out in the crowd, now he's just another number on a rugby league field as far as, as, far as size and strength goes. So, you know, these young folks like the Tarek Sims have come through and the uh, Papali for the the Raiders and every team seems to have a couple of blokes who can do exactly what Tony Bill Williams can do when mm. when he left the game he was the only bloke in the game who could do what he could do so yeah, right. yeah. that way it will change dramatically but um, you know it's a, it's a challenge that I think everybody's eager to see if he can he can get over and win it um, you know at the moment I've got, I've got to lean towards him being a success in league um, but also I'm going to watch closely to see how his injuries go because he, he's just signed for another year as well, I think. So I tend to lean towards... I think they'll be up there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think that they'll either just scrape in or just miss out. And I think next year they... You could probably pencil him in his definite top fours. That's just that's just my opinion, but... Um, yeah, I suppose the coach is similar to Maguire. Had, um, well, he is, yeah. Had, you know, very, very unknown quality and quantity. Um, but also, I think he's brought his own type of coaching, Steve Austin style, the Raiders, which have... They're just beaten up. Um, maybe it might, the same might happen to the Roosters, but you know, who, I, who knows? Yeah. I think he was the boy of the year for them, the yeah, coach. Possibly. Yeah, I think they, that's what they needed. They obviously got a talented roster there, but to have a disciplined coach and, and a new spin on things, I think it was only positive for the place. Because I mean, let's face it, the majority of that squad was there when they made the grand final against the Dragons in. 2010, mm. and they led that game at half-time. A lot of people right. probably forget well, that. So. Or something, wasn't yeah, it? yeah so. they look they look good at half-time in that game. So, yeah, mm. yeah I'm... So who, who, who you your, uh, uh, obviously the Eels. <laughs> We've both got the Eels down the bottom. I, only because, I mean, 
if you look at it and you think, well, who are their best two players or their two most experienced players? Obviously, Burton and Highmarsh are gone. Highmarsh probably made 25% of their tackles. They sort of haven't brought in anyone who we're jumping up and down about who, who think they're going to have a massive effect. So Yeah, well, I had similar thoughts on the Eels, and uh, some people may have thought I was a bit ruthless last week, but I thought that <laughs> there's not too much that's come out of their 20 system. There's nothing really come out of their New South Wales Cup system, and to be honest, there's a couple of blokes that played first grade last year that I don't think would have got a run at most other clubs, so they still look pretty similar to me. I had to hold him back last week, MJ. I had to put a muzzle on him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you look at the gains and the losses, though. I was watching from the week, and, you know, Justin Yeah, I think they'll start off the season well because I, purely because, as you say, they've started so so much earlier than the other clubs. So I think they might start off probably as one of the fittest sides, um, and then I, I think later in the year they'll sort of die off. Um, mm, yeah, but yeah, it, it's a different spin that you put on things. Yeah, well, and it's a different spin you've put on things in terms of you're definitely right with the high marsh factor. I mean, that was definitely the case. Like guys were sort of thinking, well, Heine's there, Heine will. Find you'll oh, cover yeah. that tackle or make that run. I guess the X factor for them, I mean, Chris Sandow's obviously got all the ability in the world and so does Hayne. So, as you say, if the Ford Pack can even do a, a mediocre job and get those yeah. guys with a little bit of a roll on, um, I think Ricky Stewart's got to go the other way to what Steve Kearney did. I think Steve Kearney's got two of the most unstructured players in the competition and he tried to put structure in around them. You just, you yeah. just got to play to the players that you've got. And I, I don't think he did that. He probably... He made a rod for his own back, in a way. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I, I've got... Um, I, look, they constantly come last last year, the Earls. Um, I, I don't think they'll make the eight, but I, I think they'll be in around that 10 to 13 bracket. Um, yep. I think the Panthers will improve from 15th last year. I think, obviously, they, I think they'll be around the 8th, 9th or 10th spot. Uh, Warriors last year finished 14th. I think they're going to improve a bit. Um, the Knights are the team for mine um, who could do anything. Uh, Wayne Bennett doesn't usually fail two years in a row. Um, mm-hmm. And last year they come 12th. So uh, they've, been, they've recruited two two real uh, hitmen in uh, Jeremy Smith and Bo Scott, which gives them some real steel in the, in the forward pack. Um, and it's and the been told blokes that opposing teams won't want to travel to Newcastle to play. Well, they've also um, got um, Gidley back. The Roosters who finished last year, I think they'll finish a lot higher as well. Yeah, I, I think the Knights getting Gidley back. Hopefully, he can stay fit. That'll obviously help him out as well. So, yeah, yeah, I think I definitely agree with uh, your, your sliders and your improvers. Dom, I had the Knights probably is my biggest improver. He, like you said, he's got the two hitmen in. I said to Brock last year, if Adam Cuthbertson's the best thing they can put in the front row, and that's yeah. what they're trying to intimidate with, that's not really doing too good. So, uh, Mason, 
obviously looked uh, really sharp in the off-season. You put those two blokes in, Scott and Smith, they've got a bit more anger and hopefully yeah. David Farlogo brings his punch and best back <laughs> off the bench as well. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah. I really think the Broncos are going to have a, a year of uh, rebuilding. There's already murmurs that um, the coach up there is, is, is not, you know, the most popular bloke in Brisbane, um, which worries me when you hear that because Brisbane has visually pride themselves on keeping all dramas internal instead of making them external. So, um, the Dragons finished ninth last year. I think they're going to finish way lower than that this year. I'm a bit worried about the Dragons watching them in the Charity Shield the other night. Um, obviously, soured again. The pressure's on him. He's going to get the ball and, and say to himself, I've got to run at line at least you know once every seven, second set of six, um, and no matter what the outcome is. Because usually when he's got the ball running direct at the opposition, uh, something good happens. And, um, mate, I think, I think my, my biggest slider is over the Tigers. I think the Tigers might finish in the bottom two, even maybe even the wooden spoon. I, I just, you know, the way um, Huntington and Ellis have both gone, um, I think that the, the loss of this young bloke, Mosesi um, Futuyaka, last, last week was a tragedy. And mm. that, that could be one of the um, one X factor they play for this year, which I know most clubs would. Um, the Warriors did it a few years ago for Sonny Fye, um, who tragically drowned as well. So, um, but I just uh, their recruitment, uh, obviously, back to Nasta, who will be playing the forwards. Um, they've got a couple of young guys, Curtis Seren comes back from injury, but it all rests on uh, Benji and Robbie Farrow. And, and we've heard that Robbie Farrow, there's a bit of murmur going around that he wants to go to Parramatta and play with Stewart. So, mm. um, all in what it seems at the private land. Um, so, I don't expect them to have a year to remember. Well, I've, see, I've got the wait and see button on them, or the yeah, yeah, yeah. wait and see tag on them. I, I think Mick Potter again. I think he's going to be good for them. I, I think okay, they got a little bit. Coach. Yeah, I think they got a little bit stale under Sheens, and um, obviously now with Potter. From what I saw, I, I went out and watched them play at Parramatta two weeks ago. Um, yeah. From what I could see, it, it seems like they might have found that balance between the flamboyance and and the you know the the rucking it out and discipline when it's needed. So hopefully, yeah. if they can stick to that um, and, and, you know, sort of find that balance, um, I think they're going to have a, a successful year. Because obviously, I mean, they didn't play with Ellis for a lot of last year. Um, and they've got some good young forwards coming through. So I'm just I'm just going to wait and see on them. Similar to the Roosters, I think they've, they've got all the ingredients there. They've got good coaches. So it'll just be whether the coach can get that balance and get that little bit of discipline that probably both sides lacked because they, they definitely don't lack the ability. Well, they couldn't tackle. That was their biggest problem. Yeah. But, uh, yeah so the, the two teams have got the uh, push the wait and see button on, which is a great little technology that fit and last of just <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've got a button here if you um, want to try it out. I think Manly are the team on wait and see. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're always perennial top four, top five team. Um, but I think the jury's out on them at the moment. Um, and the Gold Coast Titans, I know, Brock, you're a big fan. Um, they're, they're another team who are a bit of a wait and see. Obviously, uh, you know, last year, a bit, of, a bit of injury ravaged them. But I think they'll actually go better without Scotty Prince. I think Scotty Prince um, probably played one or two, two years too long at the Titans. And everybody got used to his play. Um, yeah. I think the best move he made was going back to the Broncos to finish his career off. Um, but the Titans, uh, if this young... Um, is it Aiden Caesar the five eight? Yeah. Got to be rough on him. Um, and obviously Greg Bird and Miles, whenever they're in your team, uh, they're, they're a full pack to be. And, and this big fella, um, forget his name at the moment, uh, the big fella. Ryan James. Who is it? Ryan James. Ryan James. Yeah. yeah he's a, mate, he, um, 
he impressed him in the Indigenous game. He did, and didn't he? He looked like one of them players, a bit like Aaron Woods at the Tigers, mm. who, can, um, who can be a little big uh, a boss for us come origin time, put some pressure on the forwards in the, you know, in the front row depth. Yeah, I think we both agree with you there. I just think maybe the back line may be a bit short for them this year. And obviously, Caesar. Had a good year last year, but I think he's still going to need a partner. They've got an awesome forward pack, but uh, Manly, I think Brock, uh, they heard me go a bit about them the other week as well. Uh, the injuries last year is a big problem, I think. Look, not only have they been stripped out of a lot of NRL depth, they've bought a, a heap of fringe players to try and make up for it, but uh, oh. Kieran Foran, can he stay injury-free? Glenn Stewart's got the prosthetics in his finger. Brett Stewart's had the knee problems. Uh, Jamie Lyon on and off and Matt Ballon played almost five years straight without an injury break down at the end of last year. So yeah. can they stay healthy? Uh, Dave Williams is another one who's going to be probably named this week, but he hasn't played since he got a kangaroo jersey for Christ's sake. So I think yeah, we've, we've both got them as our sliders, MG. I think Manly, me and Louis sort of agree unanimously on that. Yeah, we've well, probably got them as our sliders. I forgot so. King and Kite as well. They're both injury prone. So they're virtually yeah. what's left of that gun side is getting a bit older and they've all got injury problems. So whether they can even stay healthy enough to keep them on the field is the biggest problem. Yeah, good point. You know, I just, you know, it's just one of them competitions. You know, I suppose it's been a long off-season and uh, with the cricket being very... Much <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about the cricket. Kicking the West Indies and Sri Lankans after, so yeah. uh, haven't been much to write on about. But um, but I'm, I'm going to make a bold selection and say the Dalian player of the year will be English. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you have too much argument for me. I'd, I'd be flipping a coin the other day when I was on the tab website between him and uh, Jonathan Thurston. I think he's going to explode again this year. Yeah, and I think that the 51 bucks get on uh, Young Ferguson for the uh, on the Raiders for the, the leading try scorer. I think Corabidi was at 21. I'm going to get a dig of that, I think. Corabidi, okay, the West Tigers winger. Yeah, you know, you know what I we I mentioned on the podcast last week. I backed Awade last year, and he had an absolute Barry Crocker of a season. He still only finished three behind Barber. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm reinvesting. I must admit. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, what's, what's he? Uh, he'd be one of the favourites, but wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know, but he's also got Dane Gay guy inside him, and if Gidley's back, he'll probably get more better, more service, and better service than what he did last year. So I'm I'm keen to back him. But yeah, you're right. He's probably he'll probably be seven eight dollars, I guess. You got the yeah, other? That's, yeah, that's a good point you make with uh, Gay Guy. He's a he's a real good player. He could play Origin this year if he's uh, if he continues his form. And yeah, we we both love him. Not many, I don't think in the history of uh, Wayne Bennett's coaching career, there's not been a, um, an episode when when back to back years have been abysmal. So look for yeah. a big one for the Knights. Yeah, most definitely. One other thing I was uh, we've both been talking about, and obviously it happens every year. Uh, which coaches do you think are under pressure? Well, that's. Well, the first case to lose four games in a row, I think. Uh, <laughs> no matter who it is, it's, uh, if you go a month without winning, it, it, it's, it's like a uh, cancer through the club. It starts at the top and sort of all, all the way through to the juniors. So, um, whichever coach is, uh, you know, even after the first you know, six rounds, if, you, if one coach in that, uh, I suppose it will happen. Um, I suppose the only blokes who are safe would be, you know, Desi, um, Bellamy, um, Uh, 
shape up or ship out as far as the, the first grade coaches go. Well, see, that's what I like about what Gus has done at Penrith. I mean, it, it seems as though, and, and sort of the motto at the moment is, is that, you know, Ivan's going to be there for as long as it sort of takes to turn that club around. So I, I guess also, obviously, being a coach as well and, and plying my way in the, in the junior rep stuff, it's it'd be really nice to know that, you know, have someone pat you on the shoulder and just say, look, you know, even if you lose six or eight or whatever in a row, we're, we're sort of, this is where we're getting to and you've got everyone around you to support you. But as you say, the, the rugby league landscape's changed so much, it just doesn't exist anymore. So I well, think... Well, that's an ex- exception to the rule there. He's, he's one CEO who, who basically has the power to uh, to rule. You know, he he's the best coach of his generation. Um, he's, he's, he's got Ivan here for a, 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 a real purpose, a real reason. And... Um, you know, Evan Gus has got a record saying that you won't see the best of this team uh, until 14 or 15. So, well, I think there's some teams in the off-season who recruited beautifully, i.e. the Sharks, um, the Roosters now that O'Donnell's found his way there. But I think the Panthers are probably an underrated uh, acquisition. They, some of the players they've signed, you know, um, Seguiaro, the, the hooker from the Cowboys. James Roberts. Where's the Guamo? A bit of a journeyman, but still... He knows his way to the try line. And, and uh, Lewis Brown, I've, I've been a big, big fan of his for a long time. Mm. And I think he's going to be a sensational player for the Panthers. And he scored a couple of tries in a, a trial against the, the Warriors, uh, his old team. So let's look at that as well for a good season at the moment. As you know, Brock, all the Penrith uh, junior teams are undefeated. So yeah. um, it's looking good. Um, but still, it's, it's uh, one of them seasons that I know that every supporter base gets wrestled if their team loses, you know, three, four, five games in a row. And, uh, sometimes the, the pressure just uh, gets to a lot of people. Yeah, so, like, obviously, the number one ticket holder at, at Penrith, and um, I've got a little bit of involvement in the junior reps there. Do you... I've put them in my eight. I know you've, you've just mentioned they're in your eight. I've had a look at their early draw. Their, their draw doesn't look too bad. I think if Penrith can get off to a good start and build up a little bit of confidence, I'm with the, as you mentioned, the players that they've bought... I'm really confident in them, in them making the eight. I don't think they can do anything if they get into the eight. Um, obviously, the other teams yeah. are probably a little bit classier, but, I mean, it would be a major achievement for them to make the eight this year. Well, sort of how we spoke about uh, Highmarsh earlier, uh, it was very similar to Luke Lewis and Jennings at Penrith when blokes were just standing back saying, give the ball to Jennings and give the yeah. ball to Lewis, let them do what they want to do with it. And you become complacent. You really do. When you've got a couple of star players in your team that, demand the ball and, and, and you've got to get the ball for them to be to score everyone else kind of uh, they're going to a little bit of a shelter um, and I think the, the you know obviously there's some young good young blokes coming through and Blake Austin and I think Bryce Cartwright will play first grade um, before the year's out I think uh, Jen- Jennings' young brother um, he's got two of them uh, Robert and George will also play a bit of first grade as well so um, there's, some, there's a lot of good young, young juniors coming through, but um, you know it all depends on exactly what you just said and how long Gus would give uh, Ivan Cleary if, if they happen to lose five or six in a, in a row. Um, you know, I, you know, I hope that he keeps him in, but I just I know that the pressure of being a first grade coach. Mm. Well, I don't know the pressure of being a first grade coach, but history will tell you that the pressure um, of being a first grade coach is immense, and not many people can. You go through a, a, a lot of adversity and come out through the other side uh, with a big smile on their face. Well, the, the impression that I sort of get out of, out of Penrith is that he, he's going to be there for the next five years, regardless of the results. To be honest well, with you, like, yeah. Well, I think and I hope, I hope it's like I hope well, it is that. When we signed him uh, from the Warriors, I thought that was our best signing for uh, since Chris Mortimer back in the '80s. So, um, 
and Peter Kelly. Obviously, Petro is a great signing as well. So, but, but, but Cleary is a coach, yeah. I think it's one of the, the better signings the club's ever undertaken. Yeah, he's brought in, brought in a real good, like a disciplined culture there. So, I think it's a, a really good move for the area and hopefully the team improves on the field. Well, this is uh, just the last book by the Penrith Panthers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, not over, not over uh, here, lads. So there was um, there was no uh, off camera grapple tackles or chicken wings. No, mate. Just a, uh, no, there was a little cool kiss. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about you, but I think I would have been going in Bellamy style and putting a bit of jujitsu on her. Yeah. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> right, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and the shooters and fishers I thought the beer was the only thing missing from the title and I'll run for the, I'll run for the trophy I'm all over it but uh, besides all that what about uh, round one you got any specials you think there's any value there or any one you think's a, an absolute certainty um, just quickly I'll give you my tips and we'll see what you make of them I think the roost is the rabbits on the green towards the rabbits in that um, yep. we're going towards Manly over Brisbane yep uh, one is over power Especially if Carney's out. Yeah, I thought the, uh, the Roosters at two dollars fifteen. I know they've only played a couple of games, but I think that wasn't too bad a value. Everyone he ran into went off on a stretcher or got carried off somehow. 
So well, get him on. That is the uh, beauty of another off season for the Burgess, you know, young Burgess. Yeah. Um, one, one goes down with an injury, uh, Luke uh, George jumps into the brief. Mm. Another one, he's got his twin brother waiting. He was about 130 kilos when he got here. So yeah, well, Tom's uh, Tom's supposed to be the big one too. Uh, Chubb off him, I think he'll be another bloke you'll see in first grade this year. But even their backs, so they jumped Sutton six five, England six five. You know, Everingham six four. The great champion six three. Um, smallest bloke on the field is their halfback, and, and then obviously most halfbacks are. But gee, they're a big side. I've, I've never seen such a big rugby league side in my life. Mm, I agree with you on the. Um on the Titans, maybe at, uh, at Shark Park. I think, obviously, if if Carney doesn't play, that's going to bode well for us. And, I mean, I went and watched them play there last year and we, we got rolled. It was during the origin period. But it's just a really difficult place to play, Shark Park. It's windy, oh, it's well, crappy, well, well, and it's well, wet. Well, and, yeah. I hated it. My worst game ever as a player. I, I, I'd never won a game there. In all the 15 years of grade football, I never won once at uh, Shark Park. So that, yeah. that was my hoodie ground. And they made they play upon it. You know, they... Especially get in there the night, on the Saturday night at 5.30 or Monday night, um, you basically might as well give them the two points. Yeah, I think it's a 6.30 kickoff on Sunday night, so it doesn't, it's not looking good, yeah. but I mean, as you well, said, right, I, I think... Inside, I suppose if you're a Titans fan, you know, you come and, the weather's supposed to be pretty mild and, uh, the rest of the week, so I've looked at the long-term forecast and it's it's going to be very similar. It's been all this week, a bit of, bit of rain about, but, you know, not much, and it's going to be very humid, so... Yeah, I think, well, the whole Titans philosophy is almost flipped now that Prince has gone. Uh, you know, in years gone by, when they first entered the comp, you would have backed their back line against any side in the in the competition, and now it's gone It's gone the other way. I mean, I, I, we made more metres than anyone in the competition last year, but just couldn't, didn't have, obviously, Prince didn't have his greatest year, and, mm. you know, Idris probably didn't have the impact that, you know, we would, everyone would have expected him to have, and uh, Bo Champion was out for most of the season. And so, I mean, if it is going to be a, a slugfest down there at Shark Park, I mean, I feel better about going there than I did, you know, in years gone by. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what about the Panthers at home here? Do you think they'll they'll beat the Raiders? Yeah, I think they will, mate. Um, and there's look for those Panthers fans listening to this uh, podcast. Uh, stand by for something very, very new to the uh, the Panthers home games this year, where. You'll notice there's a big bell on top of the uh, the hill. Um, all I can say is just watch for that uh, before the players run out on, on Sunday. <laughs> Good. Well, I've seen that the, the other day when I went down to watch the juniors and thought, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> well, that's, I can't really give too much away, but it's just a bit of a tease for your for the Panther fans who are listening to this podcast. Um, check it out on uh, Sunday. and um, uh, It's one of the uh, Gus Gould initiatives that I, he spoke to me before Christmas about. It sounds... Bloody fantastic! So I wish I was still a player for this. You're not. Um, you're not going to take your shirt off and start whacking it with a sledgehammer, are you? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, if they are looking for someone for that job, I'm willing. They can pay me in beer, and I'll pay it myself. People would leave if you took your shirt off, mate. Uh, yeah, no. No, no, no. Uh, well, I think I agree with most of your tips. I don't know about Brock. The only two, probably, uh, unfortunately, to the Panther fans, I think the the Raiders will pip them, not by much. And I'm going to back the Cowboys to roll the Bulldogs. I'm, I'm big on the Cowboys this year. I, Really like Kane Lynette and the the backs they've got, and also the Ford pack. I think the Ford pack's outstanding, and I'm looking forward to watching Scott Moore. Kane Lynette, wow, yeah. he's, he's a big bastard, isn't he? Yeah, he's a big. I, I was very surprised that they let him go. I thought he was really uh, a really good player in the yeah. 2010, and how quickly they shipped him out the door. I thought that was an absolute bargain for North Queensland. They must be just high fiving each other right now. Well, there's like a few players, the Roosters, um, him being one, Tingaringi went to the Titans, they're both, he's both of their pack, and young Simon's uh, looking for a run at Manly, so I want to make way for Luke O'Donnell, who's 32 and probably only got another couple of years left in him, so 
they had the shuffle deck chairs and had some some dominance, um, and they basically put all their eggs in in the one basket. Mm. And I can't come up with another cliche, so I'm going to leave you with it. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. Well, thanks for all your previews and predictions, MJ. Much appreciated. And uh, obviously, we'll uh, catch up with you again sometime during the year. Look forward to it, boys. Right. Thanks a lot, buddy. And for everybody out there, you can obviously catch MG 6 to 9 weekdays on Triple M with the Grill team. And he's also on Twitter, Mark MG Guy. So thanks a lot to MG, the Wild Panther. We'll get into our four previews for this week. Obviously, we've got the Dragons, the Roosters, the Rabbitohs, and the Tigers. And we'll be starting off with the Dragons. Having trouble keeping track of all the player movements and signings in the NRL? Want to know who your team has re-signed, who they have gained and lost for next season? Well, check out ZeroTackle.com for all the latest NRL news and rumours in the NRL. Obviously, we're kicking off with the Dragons. Uh, a very up-and-down year last year, finishing at ninth, two points short of the eight. Uh, very hot and cold and a, a very turbulent time for the brand-new coach for the first time in the NRL, Stephen Price, some would say, taking over from Wayne Bennett for what was a Ferrari and uh, ended up proverbially crashing it. But uh, kind of begged to differ there. Obviously not the same team as they were the two years prior, ageing a bit. And Brock, what do you think happened in 2012? Uh, obviously some of their key players obviously aged um, to the point where they, they sort of slipped away from that elite team that they were under Wayne Bennett. Um, so obviously, again, this year that's going to probably uh, slide even further with more departures in Ben Hornby, Dean Young, Bo Scott... Um, obviously, also uh, Jeremy Lattimore. So, I mean, the arrivals are Gerard Bill, Tyson Frizzell, Josh Drinkwater and Bronson Harrison. So, um, there's some good players coming in, but I just see them in a transition phase. I, I can see them sort of slipping down even lower this year, probably around near the spoon, um, and then looking over the next two or three years to build back up into a, an elite force in the NRL. Unfortunately... Steve Price is probably just a victim of um, coming in at the wrong time. Uh, for his sake, he's going to have to have them up around, well, at least ninth. Um, they can't afford to slip any further for, in order for him to keep his job, I wouldn't imagine. And you're already hearing in the news that they're uh, chasing coaches and they've made big plays for Bellamy. Um, and there's even some talk out there that uh, Smith and, and Sheens are looking for someone senior. So uh, the writing does seem a little bit on the wall for Steve Price, but... Again, uh, this year he's going he's gonna to tell the tale of whether he keeps his job or not. Yeah, well, they definitely lost their way last year. There's no doubt about that. Uh, probably some of the key factors, Jamie Soward, New South Wales player the year before, uh, completely went off the ball last year, had, had no idea what happened there. Someone like Matt Pryor, who played in so many positions and was such a handy player for Wayne Bennett, looked less effective but also frustrated, which is something we hadn't seen. Ben Hornby obviously retired now, but last year he just looked like he'd had it all year. He looked worn out. And um, something to probably let slip by unless you really stay on top of things. And I said this to you before, when Mark Gasnier re-signed, they pretty much gave up Jeremy Smith and uh, also a couple of other players in that process from chewing up a bit of rim in their cap. And he obviously did a backflip in the preseason very early on, and uh, that, that kind of hurt them as well. Yeah, 100%. The other thing also is obviously they lost uh, Darius Boyd which took away that extra ball player in their side. Steve Price restructured the attack away from what Wayne Bennett had been uh, obviously coaching. So that, that had its effect. 
So, I mean, that's obviously, like you said, the, the Jamie Soward form, that played a big part. Also, an injury to uh, Michael Wayman, that had its effect. So, it was just one of those years for the Dragons. They, they seemed to be um, tired. I guess Bennett had really pushed them the last three years. They'd, they'd gone deep in the competition in that time. So, that obviously played a, a massive part in them sliding down the table a little bit last season. Well, three main losses and three mainstays for such a long time. Bo Scott, Dean Young and Hornby all moving on, but uh, probably something more troubling in a time of rebuilding. Buchanan moves on to the Tigers, a potential front rower. He's gone. Uh, Mussolino moves on to Manly, another player that's uh, coming through their system. So a couple of good juniors let go that you would have thought they would have wanted to hold on to to help rebuild that side, along with uh, Merrin and Rain, who are fantastic players, uh, a Stockwell they do have some talent there, but uh, I, I just don't think there's enough that's been brought in. Beal, same deal, and Frizzell, they're definitely long-term prospects and drink water, but there's a, a lot there at the moment that's uh, yet to be seen or proven. Yeah, I think they've got to get their spine back in order. Uh, when they were a premiership force and they made the grand final uh, and won those won those few minor premierships, they obviously had a, a very strong and solid spine. Uh, who partners... Uh, Jamie Soward in the halves this year is another question. Obviously, they've got an option there with Nathan Feeney, who played halfback in the Charity Shield. I seem to... I mean, in my opinion, I would have Josh Drinkwater playing seven. I'd have Soward at six, and I'd have Mitch Rain at nine, obviously with Beal at one, and I'd have uh, the other hooker. Who's the other hooker? Uh, sorry, Nathan Feeney. I'd have him coming off the bench. So, for me, I, I just don't see... Nathan Fien has the answer at seven. Uh, it doesn't give me enough in terms of attacking flair. He doesn't have a great passing game. He's not a real run uh, threat. So, I mean, it, it doesn't, again, it doesn't hold up those middle defenders if we're going to get a little bit technical. And it doesn't give Sauer that room that he's used to playing with. And then also you throw in the fact that, as I've said before, that Sauer didn't have Boyd out the back. It's a totally different side. And then, as you say, you lose Gaznia, Cooper's ageing. Uh, he's still got the two great wingers on the outside, but, I mean, the service that they're getting isn't what it was when uh, Bennett had the side and they had Boyd and Soward firing. Well, probably more importantly than that, even is the forward pack. I think they're getting a bit light on in that situation. Obviously, with Bennett, they had Costigan and Smith and a couple of extras there, so the bench was fairly loaded. But Wayman comes back from a knee reconstruction. He didn't really play too many minutes in the charity shield. Dan Hunt didn't play, so there's your two potential starting front rowers. Uh, Matt Cooper... Probably the only centre option right now. They used the young fella Green last year, but I don't know whether he's a long-term solution or not. Uh, Vito was on the other side, was a centre in the under-20s, hasn't really shown uh, too many opportunities as far as the centre position at Canberra and starting off there now, so hopefully he can reignite. But, yeah, Cooper's definitely getting a bit older, so that's something that needs to be addressed. And I definitely think with Nightingale and Morris, they somehow need to get more of the ball. They're probably there two most potent weapons, and they're too far out. They, they can't have them just scooting all year. I think it may be time for Brett maybe to follow in his brother's footsteps and move into a centre position and or have a go at fullback and put Beal in the centres. This needs to be some kind of reshuffle. Yeah, I think Steve Price, he's, he's on a hiding to nothing, the poor bloke. He's, he's inherited this side who has had so much success. The Dragons fans have obviously got used to that success. Um, but, you know, we can all see it. We're all predicting it. And uh, last year, the writing was on the wall. They are on a slide. This happens to every team. Um, obviously, they're ageing and, and, I mean, they're losing key players. So you can't you can't stay up forever. So losing those guys is going to have an effect. Um, I see them sliding down the table. 
Um, whether or not you know that's the lower end of the table or the upper end of the the bottom half of the table is is yet to be seen. That'll probably depend on uh, you know them keeping their players on the field, their key players, their top thirteen. If they can't do that, they're gonna they're gonna struggle. They're gonna end up right down the bottom. Yeah, well, like I said, for me, Morris, Nightingale, Merrin, and Rain—that's the base of the rebuild. Uh, Stockwell look great in the Charity Shield, a young front row. Then you've got a player like Drinkwater, Frizzell. So they've got the core of what's needed going forward, but they definitely need to get on the player market, I think, and put some more bits around it, especially in uh, the seven and the nine department. I think Rain is the long-term nine, but they need a backup option. Fiend's obviously not getting any younger. Jamie Saab, we've obviously got word that he may be going to Salford and he's not unhappy. So if he moves on, uh, there's another problem. You've got Drinkwater there at the moment who is looking like a, lo- a long-term player but is yet to be proven and you kind of need two halves and some backup and at the moment they just don't have that. Yeah, and they've lost. I mean, they've lost Bo Scott who was a Mr. Fix-It for them. Ben Hornby, you know, there'll be a lot said about him in, in terms of, you know, he probably went at the right time but he was a mainstay for them and, and a big part of their Premiership success, and, and I mean, Dean Young's been a mainstay there for the last 10 years as well. So a lot of experience walks out the door, very similar to Parramatta. So uh, I think they're going to struggle this year. Yeah, well, you, you know Ben Cray's going to be solid. You know, for the most part, you, you, what you're going to get from Wayman if he is healthy and Dan Hunt and Pryor. Obviously, Bronson Harrison gets brought in on an opportunity. He needs to step up. I think Frizzell will step up. But yeah, I just think for this year, depth is going to be an issue. It, it is a rebuilding phase, like you said, and... I've definitely think they're going to be on the slider. I've probably gone uh, a bit ruthless for what most people wouldn't agree with me, but I definitely think uh, they won't get the spoon like Para. I think Para are far and beyond on their own, but I think the Dragons are looking somewhere around 15th for me. Yeah, I've got them at 14th, so I agree. I just think, again, they're going to have to have their forward pack stay fit. If they don't, they're in big trouble. Sowart's going to have to refine that origin form. If he doesn't, again, big trouble. And they're going to need another half to step up to take some pressure off him, which I do think Josh Drinkwater can do. Finding another centre is going to be an issue. I don't think Daniel Vito is the answer. He shows glimpses. He's, he's fairly hot and cold, Daniel Vito. No doubt that his best form would seem be a mainstay in any centre position or in any team in the NRL. But um, good performances from him are, are few or far between in the last couple of years. So, I mean, there's too many question marks for the Dragons for me. So that's my reasoning behind them. Uh, at 14th? Yeah, well, 15th and 14th. Uh, hopefully they do prove us wrong. I hope Steve Price does have a better run of things, but I think this year is definitely going to get harder. Solid all around, like I said, but a, a rebuild is definitely needed. A few debuts, uh, some, some young forwards and some backs, and definitely the halves. Just about every single area, they need to start picking up some players on the market and or produce some of their own. So yep. hopefully they get something out of that promising 20s team that made a run last year. But- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Uh, two of the better players, like I said, have moved on to Manly and the Tigers. So hopefully for them, it's not too far around the corner. And if they do go for a coach, they've missed out in Bellamy. I'm not too sure what they'd be thinking there, but hopefully they stick by price, things turn around, and they can uh, begin a rebuild. Yeah, well, good value at the wooden spoon market, I think, $6. Yeah, well, I still think the Eels are out and out, uh, going to struggle a lot worse than the Dragons, but I definitely think the Dragons are going to But I'll, I'll put a spin on it. I did tip Parramatta at, at 16th. 
um, to finish, obviously, two places lower than St George. But if the Dragons get injuries and the Eels um, somehow manage to improve further than what we think, I can definitely see the Eels finishing ahead of the Dragons if they suffer injuries and poor form. I think the injuries may be a factor, but I still think there's a little bit more there depth-wise than there is at Parramatta. Parramatta are in need of almost a complete reconstruction. But uh, moving on from that, Brock's got them at 14th. I've got the Dragons at 15th. Next up on the block is the Rabbitohs. Obviously a whirlwind year in 2012 with Greg Inglis moving to fullback and Michael Maguire making his mark on the NRL after being an assistant at Melbourne, going over to England and playing his trade and winning a comp with Wigging and returning and really making an impression on the whole competition. Uh, they finished third last year, got to the final four and young gun and standout for the year. Uh, fresh breath of air, Adam Reynolds obviously went down with a hamstring in that semi-final, which they were in command of and they ended up losing to the Dogs quite convincingly. Yeah, again, if that uh, if he doesn't get injured, I think it may have been a different season for the Rabbitohs, but um, not to be, uh, but a, a season where you know they really finally lived up to the potential of that roster, and a lot of that again had uh, has to come down to, to Michael Maguire. He was brilliant. Uh, I see you know after another preseason, a positive season last year, moving into this year, you look at the Charity Shield form. If they can stay injury-free, their key players can stay on the field like they did last year, they're going to be a real force, real, real force, especially with the fact that they're not going to lose too many players to origin, you wouldn't think. So that's going to put them in good stead to have a very good win-loss record somewhere up, uh, the, you know, definitely in the top four. I see them finishing uh, second on the competition table. Yeah, well, I've got them penciled in at third, and as you say, gains and losses. Look at the losses first. Taylor's probably the most mentionable player, but they pick up Ben Teo, so a straight swap there for an origin player who was also the 18th man for the Kangaroos squad. Just on, on the Ben Teo um, swap, for me, that's that's a positive for the Rabbitohs. I know some Rabbitohs fans weren't happy with Dave Taylor leaving, but in terms of Michael Maguire's structure, I think Ben Teo is going to fit that structure much better than what Dave Taylor did. I'm not saying that Dave Taylor is a, a bad player, but you know I don't think that Maguire and Taylor saw eye to eye. So, you know, he had that, he's got some poor reads and defence in him, Dave Taylor. He's got some brain snaps, some things that come off, but just things outside of a Michael Maguire or Craig Bellamy sort of style of coach team. So, I mean, I don't think Dave Taylor would be too disappointed to move on, and I don't think Michael Maguire would be too disappointed to see the back of him either. And I mean, in comes in Ben Teo, who is probably one of the most intelligent back rowers in the competition. He's a, you know, a very educated man off the field. Uh, I think he'll be a perfect fit for the Bunnies. Yeah, well, also a straight swap. Pettibourne goes out. People thought he was quite a solid, uh, tight player in the middle, playing front or back row. But they get Jeff Lima, former New Zealand international and premiership winner with Melbourne, returns home. So pretty much two straight swaps there. Uh, Bryson Goodwin and Bo Champion come back. So they were a bit short in the backs last year. Got a bit more depth. Thomas Burgess, supposedly even the better of the two younger twins. Yet to see much of him. And uh, Mitchell Bucket comes down from the Queensland Cup, scored a fantastic try in the trial game. Uh, the other losses for them, obviously, Scott Geddes retires after a long time. That one's due, but with young George and Tom Burgess, you can't see too much being lost there. And uh, James Roberts and Adrian Hahn-Garner for disciplinary reasons, fantastic juniors, but Roberts moves on to Penrith. I don't know if Hahn and Garner's found a club yet, but they're definitely not going to miss too much this year. They're very stacked up, massive year. G.I. in his second season at fullback. Bo Champion comes back in to take a centre spot, probably with Farrell. Uh, Reynolds is there. I've spoke of young Luke Keary and how I think he may 
slot into the halves and allow Sutton to go to 13, which just to me, they're just potent everywhere. Yeah, I, a couple of little question marks. I mean, I would have kept Eddie Pettibourne. That's just my opinion. Uh, I, I really rated him. I thought he was coming on nicely. Tom Burgess, obviously, if Tom Burgess is what you say he is and, and what the media is beating him up to be, obviously that'll uh, justify letting Eddie go. Uh, Jeff Lehman, the only question I'd have over him, obviously, is the same that we have um, out of all players returning from uh, overseas. But, I mean, Michael McGuire obviously coached Jeff Lehman at Wigan, so he'd know better than the most. And the only positional worry that I see for the Rabbitohs is that centre spot, well, the other centre spot. Um, you know, Bo Champion, he wasn't uh, he wasn't fit last year at the Titans. Obviously, if he's, uh, if he's back on the field, finds full fitness... He's going to be brilliant for him. He'll tie down that other centre position. Uh, but that's really the only area that I could I could think, well, that may be a, a weakness for them. They've obviously got tidy wingers, and with the addition of Bryson Goodwin, he looked okay in the uh, charity shield. They've got another uh, couple of forwards, so um, all things look good for the Bunnies. Yeah, well, I've definitely got them in a similar spot to the Cowboys right now. They're pretty stacked up in all positions. I think you're right, centre can be quite questionable, but I, the last year... When they had a few injuries, they put Justin Hunting, who was fairly solid, and Andrew Everingham. So they've definitely got a bit of depth there in the back line positions now. Well, I mean, Matt King, Dylan Farrell, you know, they're not elite centres. So, I mean, Bo Champion's going to have to be that uh, big gun in the centres for them um, because I don't see many other options for them. Yeah, well, Dylan Farrell, I still think long-term is probably a good thing. He's only a young baby. Most people forget that. Uh, obviously made a big boom on his uh, debut and has been kind of hot and cold, so he's definitely in for a big year, I think. This is the time to do it, if he's a bit think, cold. Uh, do you think Everingham could push into the centres? I think he's too light to be in the centres, to be honest. Bow champion, healthy. You've seen what he can do at Melbourne. You saw what he did the first time. And uh, Dylan Farrell, same deal. He's a big boy. It's time to step up this year and really put a stamp on things. Uh, with Obviously, with Nathan Merritt there as well, that may have been optional. now. He's always been on the wing, but... If uh, the centres are lacking potency, they're oh, going to have to do something. Merritt won't be in the, in the centres. He's too small. But um, that's, the only, that's the only concern I have. Obviously, Farrell, uh, sorry, Champion will be one, and the other one will obviously be between Farrell and King. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Oh, I think King will be more of a fringe player this year. Or if not, that wing spot, like I said, if it's not Bryson Goodwin and Nathan Merritt, Matt King might find himself on a sting, I think. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that, that's the only question I have over them. Otherwise, they, they're looking very good. Yeah, well, all things, obviously, GI, second year at fullback, looking even more fit and healthy, which is a scary prospect for anyone. Uh, Adam Reynolds, second year syndrome, seems to strike down most. That hopefully won't be a factor, because I definitely think he may be in line for a blues jumper if he does play the way he did last year. And I speak of the young half in Luke Keary, who's grown a little bit last year. There was question marks that he would be something like a Reynolds, but was too small. But we've already seen what he's done at his size, and Keary's grown, so... I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think they've re-signed Michael Crocker and is their captain, yes. But at some point, uh, when when do you sit there and think he, he's good to have around the squad? But I think John Sutton needs to be at 13. Uh, he's definitely not a six. He, he's done the job there, but we saw what happened in that Bulldogs game. Once Reynolds went off, they lost all structure. But I think Keary's got the goods. I don't know if he can explode in the same way that Reynolds would, but it'd be amazing. It'd be similar to a Manly situation where they find... Foreign, and then they find Hodkinson, and then they find Cherry Evans. I really do think they've got two long-term halves there, and they need to do what's best for the side. So if Crocker's a bit slow, I really do think they need to tap him on the shoulder and let him know that we've got you here, 
to help out some of the young blokes, and we do want you around, but maybe the bench may uh, be where he ends up. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that. That's the only sort of questionable questionable position in terms of uh, we don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, Michael Crocker is club captain, so it'll be interesting to see what Maguire does there, but I tend to agree. I I think they'll probably start off with the tried and tested. They'll start with Sutton at six and Reynolds at seven, but um, if that's not producing enough points for them or if, if Kiri really pushes for a spot... Don't be surprised to see Sutton move to 13. And, you know, that's not going to be a negative for them. You're then going to have Inglis, Sutton, Reynolds and Kiri, who all can ball play, plus Isaac Luke, who was probably the most effective running nine in the competition last year on the back of a monster forward pack and um, flying wingers. So, I mean, again, it's it's only the centres that sort of concern me. But if the forwards are rolling down the field and Isaac Luke's getting out of nine like he was last year, they're, they're not going to need great centres. Yeah, that's it. And the other thing to look at the positives is the 20 side last year was good. The New South Wales Cup side did well as it always does. So as far as having a good top squad and already having solid top 25 depth, they've got players coming through in both the New South Wales Cup and the 20s. Yeah. Uh, they had another half. I'm sorry I've misplaced his name, but they brought him down with Justin Hunt both last year from the Wim Eagles who won the comp up there, obviously. Justin Hunt played first grade, was pretty good, very solid out wide, even though he's really a 5'8". And the halfback, Ryan Carr was his name, sorry, that I've just remembered. He played seven in the residence game. So they've obviously got some really good depth going on there. Uh, the young fella, Apisai Coruscant, I think I told you about. He's a nine, very similar to Isaac Luke coming through. Yeah. Kiri, so in all senses of uh, depth, they're, they're definitely looking good. They've got a massive first grade pack, a good spine building. Now, like you said, center's probably the only thing I can see being a downfall, but they're, they're chopped up this year. I think very similar to the Cowboys. You need to strike when the iron's hot, and this is one of those years for them, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, they're 250 to be in the top four. I think that's stealing money. I, I'd be, you know, loading up on that. Minor premiership, $8. Now, with the situation with Ben Barber at the Bulldogs, James Graham, Mike Tyson being out for eight weeks, that's also going to um, obviously probably push the Bulldogs back a little bit. I'd, I'm very keen to back the Rabbitohs for the minor premiership, and again, I, you know, They'll probably lose... They're definitely going to lose Inglis, obviously, for Origin. Rabbitohs fans are probably hoping that Adam Reynolds does not get picked for New South Wales. If that's the case, then they're going to be chock-a-block during Origin time, apart from um, GI. So, um, whereas they, they can just push Merritt back, they've got plenty of options there to cover their one position. I can really see them winning the minor premiership. Um, can they win the competition? I don't think so. I think Melbourne probably proved uh, the difference between class... Um, and the difference between being good during the regular season and being elite in the in the postseason, I think maybe the Rabbitohs uh, probably are a gun centre away from doing that, in my opinion. So I don't see them winning the comp. I see them probably making a grand final and getting beat by either the Dogs or Melbourne, or again losing at the preliminary final position. But I definitely see them as top four. If if they fall out of the top four this year, I'll be very shocked. Uh, much the same. I had them at third. Like I said, obviously the Ben Barber and the James Graham thing. Especially the Barber things changed my opinion on them. I had the Dogs penciled in at one, but now I'm starting to lean more towards the Rabbitohs moving from third up to second and the Cowboys maybe being the side that finds himself near the minor premiership. So all in all, you've got them almost coming for the minor premiership. Yeah. Now that the Dogs situation's happened, I'd, if I could change my picks, I'd probably have the Rabbitohs at one. I'm going to stick to them at third, but I definitely think, yeah, second or even the minor premiership's definitely not out of reach. Massive pack, very solid squad. Good spine building, uh, and obviously there's been talk of 
uh, a, a, a go for Robbie Farrow. I don't really see how that works with Luke, but besides the point on that one, Aidan Tolman's one they've been talking about for the last three or four months as well as a, a player to bring over. So well, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't need him. They don't need those They guys. don't need them, I agree. They need a centre. They do need a centre, but what's on the market, I suppose, is a, what you look at and think, well, maybe they've got somebody they think they can bring up internally. They're obviously trying with Farrell, and they've got champion back, so let's just see how things work out. Injury-free, and with their international players, they don't have too much to worry about as far as Origin's concerned, so they're definitely a big chance. Uh, but moving on, next team off the rank is the Roosters. From a very young side in the grand final in 2010 to 11th in 2011 and last year sliding further back with all their young talent to 13th, Brian Smith obviously got moved on. The most errors in the NRL looked very flat and did have some injury problems, but the Roosters definitely should have been that far down the ladder. No, definitely not. Very talented side. Uh, just lost their rudder. Needed a change of coach. Needed a bit of a clean out to the roster. That's happened. Uh, they've got another half in, in terms of uh, someone to compliment Mitchell Pearce. Braithen Astor's probably looking at the twilight end of his career. He's, he's going to move to 13 at the Tigers, um, which is surprising. He's a little bit reluctant to do at the Roosters, so it just shows you what a change of scenery can do. Uh, very young side. On the up, they've obviously added uh, Sonny Bill Williams as well. Uh, plenty of additions, plenty of things to get excited about for the Roosters fans. So, yeah, it looks like uh, they may be a side who's, who's definitely going to make some progression up the ladder this year. Yeah, well, obviously a plethora of young talent, but looking at the losses, and Astor, I agree, he will move on to play back row there, but nothing too major. They let him go and replace him with Maloney, who is a fantastic player and someone who I think will be one of the gun halves this year. Sam Perrett and Leilua were big losses, but Leilua for disciplinary reasons, so you can kind of understand. You get Jennings, so same kind of situation again. You, you lose a good player, you get a good player in. Perrett was obviously a disappointing one, but he needed a change after a bit, a bit of time there. Uh, other losses, Anthony Mitchell moved up to North Queensland. Justin Carney went to England. Young centre, Curtis Rona moved up to North Queensland. Penny to give, retired and Mossy Masoy to Penrith. But Maloney, Jennings, Sonny Bill Williams, Luke O'Donnell, massive pickups for them, as well as uh, an unknown source who played very well in the Foundation Cup, Sam Mower in the front row. Young Bulldog, Simasoni Lange, he's obviously in the top squad this year, only 19 years old. So uh, they've definitely added to their plethora of young talent and building a really solid side. Yeah, they, they look definitely like a side on the up. I said earlier in our interview with uh, Big MG that I think their best buyer was uh, the coach, Robinson. He, I think he's going to add a real, uh, a real starch to this Roosters side, a much-needed discipline that probably uh, went missing in that second or third year of the, the Brian Smith reign. Last year, they just looked uh, like the players had no idea what, what Brian expected of them, and um, they just obviously moved in, in different directions. Um, it's funny how that happens. I mean, Brian had so much success with the with the Roosters early there. I mean, obviously not, not having the inside word. You can only go off the results, and, and the results weren't good enough for the roster that they had. So there's obviously time for a change, and... Unfortunately, if you're in the business of coaching, um, it's much easier to move the coach on than it is to move the uh, 25 players in the uh, top squad along. So, uh, again, Roosters fans should uh, be excited this year. But for me, I, I don't see them making the eight. I see them moving up the table more because I, I think it'll it's going to take them some time to gel. So many changes. Um, obviously, trying to change the culture there from one of uh, ill-disciplined and, and error-riddled, as you said, to one of discipline and uh, 
and structure. But I mean, if you look at the Rabbitohs, Michael McGuire achieved that in a, in a season. So um, who's to say that uh, Trent Robinson can't do the same? Well, I've got them just making the eight more for that reason. But I look at your players such as Mitchell Pearce, Jake Friend, Martin Kennedy, Rhea Hargraves. Uh, they're all younger guys that have been in the NRL for a long time now. Uh, Boyd Corden has moved into his third season. He's obviously injured the first two seasons in a limited time, but they've really stacked up on young blokes who are at that point now that they need to explode. And then you've got Tupo, who they've just re-signed, had a, a debut last year, New South Wales Cup winger of the year. Two of Arsashek comes in. The only real older player on the books who's of uh, 30 or older, I think, is Anthony Minicello. They've got a really exciting squad. Well, Pierce gets Maloney now. Yeah. Two running threats. Uh, Sean Kenny Dow is joined by Jennings. Like, there's really not too much there that you can't look at and smile. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, the one for me is obviously Anthony Minicello at fullback now. Trent Robinson's got to make a hard call here. He's got to move Roger to Avasashek. He's got to move him to one. Has to. Absolutely has to. He's he's out of this world, that young kid. He had a brilliant finish to uh, the end of last season. Minicello is ageing. He'd still be great for them on the wing. He'd hold down that position. He played that earlier in his career. I think it's just time for that change to happen. I'll probably see that happening after four or five weeks. Maybe they're just going to start the uh, season with two of us a check on the wing. Uh, Minicello at fullback and uh, you know, probably after four or five weeks they'll, they'll flip that over but um, for me I've got them at ninth um, again they, they could easily make the eight, they're $2.10 to make the eight so if you fancy them that's probably the best bet um, but for me I, I'm going to wait and see on the Roosters um, obviously all things look good but you know, Jennings has only had four weeks there Maloney you know, Pierce. I'm still a little bit uh, 50-50 on, on Mitchell Pearce. I need to see more out of him on a consistent basis. Jake Friend, obviously a very good hooker, very you know, dirty worker, does in and gets all the uh, gets all the nitty-gritty done. Is he a ball-playing nine, effective enough to uh, you know skyrocket them up the table in, in terms of a uh, Isaac Luke or a Cameron Smith or Robbie Farah? I don't think so. So uh, I've got a couple of question marks on the Roosters. Uh, well, I'm gonna. I've got them at seventh, and I just think there's too much talent there, especially young blokes that are going in around players that have, like I said, Jared Pierce, that have been there for a couple of years now and have no more excuse. And on top of that, they bring in someone like Luke O'Donnell. Uh, Sonny Bill comes back, so they've also got a couple of blokes in the twilight to help uh, groom them along. I, I just look at that O'Donnell, Sonny Bill, and Cordner potentially in the back row. Uh, Frank Paul Nuasala, Orbison. Guerra, there's a lot of talent there that's going to miss out and be sitting on the bench. Like, uh, I agree that Friend's probably not the most productive attacking nine, but obviously very solid. Maloney's going to help Pierce out. And then the front row rotation, you've got young Kennedy and Joe Bria Hargraves with Sam Muller and the fantastic young man by the name of Kane Evans who will hopefully get a debut this year. There's plenty there in waiting, and I just think this but, year... But, I mean, is, are they just going to flick a switch and become disciplined? Well, I think... That, 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 I think, for me, that's going to take time to change. I... I I'm sick of hearing the t- the talent word. I, it doesn't talent doesn't equal results. So I, they need to become more disciplined. They they can't just rely on these guys coming in and and think that they're automatically going to get results. They need a culture change at at the Roosters. And I think Robinson will eventually give it to them. It'll just be whether or not he's had enough time to to cement the system that he wants to put in place. That's that's all I'm saying. I I totally agree with you. I just again they're a wait and see. Um, hopefully he has. 
you know, he has he has had time to to implement all that stuff, but there's too much of the old guard there for me to sort of jump on the bandwagon uh, at this stage. Uh, with the young blood and what's new, I don't. I think the discipline will get better. I don't think they're going to be fantastic, but I still have them at seventh. I think there's too much going on there to not be finding them somewhere in the eight this year. With people saying that they're going to be a premiership side and people putting bets on there, I think that's a bit too far-fetched. That You need a bit of time to gel. But uh, with him there, I, I like what I saw defensively, especially in that Foundation Cup. Two of the tries came off kicks. They only conceded one real try. So I, I like a lot of what I've seen so far. A few good young kids. A lot of blokes, like I said, they've got some NRL experience now. So looking forward to watching them play. And uh, you, you may be right, it may backfire. They may struggle. But I just think there's a lot there now in all facets. They've got some older blokes. They've got some experience. All these young kids, and then they've got blokes that have been there for four or five years that are still only 23, 24. Well, you won't catch me jumping on the bandwagon, put it that way. Not yet. Most definitely. Well, have to wait and see what happens there. Trent Robertson, hopefully he gets his style across and the Roosters click. Brock's got them at ninth. I've got them at seventh. Moving on to the last team out of the 16 for us to preview for this year, the West Tigers. The end of an era at the West Tigers, finishing 10th last year, and Tim Sheen's being moved on. Uh, not exactly what the fans or anyone was expecting, I suppose, being premiership favourites at the start of the year to finishing up two points short of the eight and being very, very hot and cold. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Obviously, um, you know, they were touted as premiership favourites last season for a variety of different reasons. They uh, ended up at 10th. Majority of that was just inconsistent performances from their key players, injuries to key players. Obviously, the James Tedesco going down in round one. Uh, Blake Ashford had a probably a, a, you know an up-and-down season by his standards, same as Chris Lawrence. They lost Curtis Sirenen when they were sort of looking on an upswing. Uh, Benji Marshall, I didn't think he had a great season, but you, you then look at uh, his tries. He had the most in the NRL. So um, Adam Blair, he probably didn't fit into the structure. Uh, and then obviously they had the Robbie Farrer affair with his um, with his mum passing away, and um, you know the the Matty Johns incident. Just things didn't really go well for the for the Tigers last year, and um, I see them as a, a side that's uh, you know they've lost some players, but I think they've also gained some players. They've got a new coaching, new philosophy. I, I think they're going to be uh, thereabouts this season. Well, there's one there that we both forgot to mention. That's Gareth Ellis. He was injured last year and. He was obviously the player of the year yep. every year since he'd been there and obviously gone home now. Paired with Chris Hyneton, who's obviously been moved on. I know he's not the most crash-hot player, but consistency and grit right there, both of them out the door. So, yeah, And another one, I mean, the fabric of Bo Ryan. He'd become a Tiger boy. Um, and to have him moved on is, you know, West Tigers fans, fans are probably left shaking their head. Yeah, well, those three players, Junior Moores, Tom Humble... And uh, Dane Chisholm move on, nothing too major there. Humble only got a couple of games. Moore's same deal, only played a couple of games. But those three players, in particular, Gareth Ellis, I circle, he's been massive for them. Who's going to step up to replace him? I'm not sure. Uh, Anasta's come over with uh, Pettibourne. They're both back row options. We've seen Anasta start in the trial. Pettibourne was off the bench. Bodine Thompson got a start. Uh, to be honest, I, I'm not convinced at all if that's going to be the back row. I think they've got... Some problems upcoming this year. Liam Fulton couldn't get a run there. I think he's uh, definitely a starter in that back row now. But they've moved Hinington on as well. And besides that, they've got young 
Buchanan from the Dragons and James Cavay from the Bulldogs. So two young front rowers, and they're definitely going to need one because uh, with Woods down at the moment with an injury, watched Galloway the other night pretty much take him on on his own. They didn't really have any front row backup. Yeah, Matt Grote's going to be an option, obviously, for for that uh, that spot. I know you're shaking your head, but um, you know he's another young and up and comer. Whether he can get to the level of Aaron Woods, I'm not saying he's going to, but at least they've got a young option there. But for this season, Keith Galloway is going to be the man. They need Aaron Woods back on deck ASAP. They've got a class nine in Robbie Farah. They've got a world-class 5'8 in Benji Marshall. They've got a really good young seven in Jacob Miller, who I thought that Tim Maltzen probably could have given some more time to. The other one is going to be who will play fullback. Will it be Maltzen? Will it be Tedesco? I know you're very keen on Tedesco. and um, you know I'd back your opinion on that. Hopefully he can come back injury-free and get a season in and, and really show us what he's got. Corabidi was brilliant last season. Chris Lawrence and Blake Ashford were probably the form centre pairing uh, the year before when the Tigers definitely should have made a grand final when they bombed out against the Warriors in the uh, second week of the finals. Uh, you know, Obviously, the question mark is going to be Gareth Ellis. He's a brilliant player. Uh, it leaves a big hole for them. But you know they've bought Eddie Pettibourne who I really rate. They bought Bodine Thompson from the Titans, who I think has a lot of potential. Uh, he didn't get much starting minutes, obviously, with the strength of the Titans pack. I was disappointed to see him go as a Titans fan. So, I mean, if he fires for the Tigers, I'll be gutted. Uh, yeah, I, I really see them as a, as a good young side. They've got a good mix of, of senior blokes and, and young guys. Ben Murdoch-Masilla is another one. I really like him. He's He had some uh, real impact on some games last season, so... For me, you know, I've got them uh, running at six. Oh, I do like Masilla, but injuries and minutes are a factor. Uh, for me, being a, an old forward, I'm, I'm a bit stubborn-headed on all this. I think there's not enough in the pack to supply what would be a fantastic back line, especially if those two centres fire. You look at Ashford and Lawrence a couple of years ago, and Lawrence obviously got a kangaroos jersey, and Blake Ashford, people kept looking at thinking, is he a New South Welshman? He may have potential to be... Uh, somewhere near a Blues jersey at some point, but both of those blokes need to step up. Young Corabidi's outstanding. Uh, the other wing yet to be seen, Lottie Dekiri today, it's been confirmed that he's injured. They've got a young bloke by the name of uh, David Nofaluma in the 20s. He's a fantastic young winger, along with uh, Tim Simona we've seen before, so there is potential there. And I stick by what I say by Tedesco. I do love Moulton, don't get me wrong. I thought he was awesome the year before, but unless he keeps his form... He's in big trouble, and uh, obviously the high ball is an issue. James Tedesco, on the other hand, ridiculously solid at the back, and uh, on top of that, he can still score a try, and he's a good ball player. Well, a couple of points out of that. Tim Moulton, he struggled to find a position since uh, coming into first grade at the Tigers. I mean, and I'll throw a few scenarios at you. Chris Hornington, were you disappointed to see him go from the Tigers? Well, from what's there at the moment, I am. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, that's one I disagree on. Bodine Thompson and Eddie Pettibourne have way more upside in my mind than what uh, Chris Hornington was offering that side. Bo Ryan? Disappointed, definitely. Yeah, so see, that's another one. They've got juniors, and, mind well, you, that have probably would, got more potential. Why would you pay the big bucks, re-sign Lottie Takiri, and not keep Bo Ryan, who is an up-and-coming guy, fabric of your club? Well, on top of that, though, I think that's a bit of a package deal, like the, the Bryce Gibbs thing, he went across and... That obviously hurt Farrah, and uh, Farrah was obviously good friends with him, and so was Heinington, and you see the same situation kind of pop up there. Ryan, so, so what, Heinington. you let him go as well, and, and 
make Robbie Farrer even more uncomfortable. It just well, doesn't make sense. I agree with that, but on the, at the same token, that that's the way they're doing their business, and uh, I, I can definitely see why people are kind of getting up in arms and why people are trying to move on, but those two in particular are another, another pair that I think they should have uh, kept their hands on, especially at this point in time. I, I don't really see Pettibourne yet as someone who's going to replace the workload that Heinington was doing as far as minutes are concerned, and much the same for Bodine Thompson. They've got a lot to prove this year. Well, I think they're going to obviously fill in the time that Heinington played um, as a mixture. They're, they're, there's no way they're going to play the minutes that Heinington played. But for me, Heinington had no punch. He's getting on. I, you know, I, th- I think it's a good move. And you know, probably for the money that he was after, you, you could have almost got both those guys for that cash. So it makes perfect sense to me. Uh Jacob Miller's obviously going to be the one that's... He's going to be the difference between them making the eight and not making the eight. Um, so, you know, all eyes on him. But other than that, I can only see good things for the Tigers. I can't understand why, you know, everyone wants to, you know, love them last year. And now all of a sudden they're they're rubbish. No one rates them. I know even MG's predicted them to, to come right down near the bottom. I know that there was some issues between, you know, the decisions obviously in recruitment, Tim Sheen's... Uh, you know, there's talk of Marshall and, and Farrer and, and, you know, the Matty Johns incident where he called them soft. And, you know, but to be honest, they probably were soft last year. That They did have that soft mentality. But, you know, again, I'm, I'm going to say this about the coach. The coach that they've brought in, he's brought in a hard line. He, he's going to toughen them up. He's going to give them discipline. I, I see them very similar to the Roosters. Now, obviously, I've, we've had our say on the Roosters. And my only opinion, or my only difference between the Roosters and the Tigers is I think the Tigers are a little bit further down the track in the Roosters. I think they're more elite or more potentially elite than what the Roosters are at this stage. But I think Mick Potter's going to have a huge difference at the Tigers. And, you know, I don't I don't understand how you go from um, potential premiers one year and then 12 months later you're a potential wooden spooner. It just doesn't make sense to me, especially when I think the majority of their recruitment decisions this season have been good. Um, he, Ellis wanted to go home, so you let him go home. Heinington, I'm happy to see go. Bo Ryan was the only one I scratched my head on. But the guys they've got in, I'm happy with, and I'm, I'm glad that it looks like Mick Potter's going to stick with Miller at seven because I think they need some stability in around there, and I think that was a major part of them missing the eight last year. Well, I think Miller's a good thing. I think Tedesco, if he's healthy, is a good thing. The centres, though, need to step up big time. Aceford Lawrence. Uh, Blair left Melbourne for a big payday. Did absolutely nothing last year. Needs to step up. But for me, I'm going to harp on it, being an old forward. I look at the forward pack right now, and I just don't see enough upside there to help out what they do have, which is uh, an outstanding spine. I look at that, and that's why I say that the Roosters will be better off. The Roosters have got a lot of forwards there. They've got a lot of young potential in the back line, and the two halves, I definitely like the halves in the back line of the Tigers as well, but that's my difference right there is the forward pack. You need an engine room. Woods, Farrah, Galloway, Pettibourne, Fulton, Blair isn't... Isn't as good as the well, Roosters. Fulton didn't get a start. Blair's done absolutely nothing. Fulton will start. Galloway gets injured. Woods is injured at the moment. Petty Bourne, I still think he's more of a bench player. And Bodine Thompson proved absolutely nothing while he's at the Gold Coast to tell me that he's going to be starting in the NRL. Well, there's, I, there's a lot more. I better. disagree. I, I, mate, the Roosters, they're ill-disciplined. I just, I can't jump on their bandwagon. I'm, I refuse to. I, the Tigers are going to be. They were missing that discipline. They were missing that toughness. I think Mick Potter's going to give it to them, and I'm, I'm happy to stand by that opinion. Um, and if they go bust, then I'll be the first to put my hand up and say that I was wrong. Well, I think they're both going to have upside and more discipline than the coaches that they've received, but just on paper, I think this year they need to get out and probably find some forwards. They did have a, a grand final winning 
under-20 side last year, and they also were in the grand final for the New South Wales Cup. So there's definitely some good young blokes there. Uh, just while we're on that note, I'd like to say uh, condolences to the family of Moses, the young front row that played for the under-20s. I'm sorry I didn't say his last name, but I can't really pronounce it. But uh, he's one potential that was there. There was another young bloke, last name Sue, another Ford. Uh, that There's plenty of potential to come up, but I just think for this year there may be one or two young forwards blooded, and uh, I just don't see enough in that forward pack. Yep, I've got them at six. Well, I've got them at 11th, but I do think there'll be a log jam at the bottom of the ladder. They can be involved with it, but yeah, just, just what's come in. I think the, the engine room, there's not enough doing there. Uh, a lot of players need to step up, especially Adam Blair to justify the payday, the two centres, and uh, Molson wants to keep his job. He's got to step up as well. So Brock's got them at 6th. I've got them at 11th, and that completes our ladders now. So firstly, I'm going to run through mine for you. At number one, I had the Bulldogs. I think my opinion's going to change on that, but I'll leave them there for now. Two, the Rabbitohs, three, Cowboys, four, the Storm, five, Knights, six, Sharks, seven, Roosters, and rounding out the eight, the Raiders. And then from nine down, I've got Manly, the Broncos, the Tigers, Panthers, Titans, Warriors, Dragons, and Parramatta to get the dreaded spoon. Okay, guys, my top eight, I had the dogs at one. I'm the same as Lewis. I think if I had my time over, I would have bumped South up to one and dogs to two. But uh, in terms of this podcast... Uh, Dogs at one, Souths at two, Storm at three, Cowboys at four, Sharks at five, Tigers at six, Knights at seven, Panthers at eight. Rounding out the bottom of the eight, I had the Roosters, the Broncos, the Titans, the Warriors, Manly, Dragons, Raiders and Eels. Well, obviously after the four episodes, that's our ladders for this year, so we'll wait and see what happens after 26 rounds. That's right. Uh, now we're going to go through a wind pool draft in which we ran last week with Mr. Gossip, Big MG, myself, Lewis and Nick Tedeschi. Now basically a wind pool is where all 16 NRL teams are open for, for drafting. Um, each player out of us five picked three NRL teams. Now what will happen is that after the draft, and I'm going to go through the draft pick for pick, what will happen is we'll each have three teams the, the player with the most wins out of those three teams at the end of the year, when you add them all together, will win the win pool. So it's a, it's a different option for you guys out there who don't have time to put your tips in um, and you've got mates who are the same. You just pick three teams and they're basically uh, your teams to follow for the year. So the draft went uh, as such. Mr Gossip with the number one pick took the Storm, which was probably fair enough. Big MG with the number two pick picked the Bulldogs. Again, fair call. Louis took the Cowboys with the third pick. Nick took South with the fourth pick. And I took the Knights with the fifth pick. Any of those you would have changed, Louis? No, at three, I think the Cowboys were fine for me. Yeah, but the others, any of the others, you question mark? Obviously, MG, he uh, he picked the Bulldogs even still, um, you know, obviously with the Ben Barber situation. But you still think even with that situation, they're going to be up the top still, with plenty of wins? Still got Des Hasler. Still got that awesome back row. Good back line without Barber. Probably lose a try without him there and a bit of explosiveness, but plenty still on the park. Yeah, with the number six pick, Louis took the Sharks. With the seventh, I took the Roosters. With the eighth, MG took the Raiders. With the ninth, Nick took the Broncos. With the tenth, Mr. Gossip took Manly. Any of those you cast your eye over and, and question mark? No, not really much the same again. Each to their own. Everyone had a kind of a different opinion about that second pick. I was surprised that MG took 
took uh, the Raiders at eight, but um, well, I've obviously, got them in yeah, my you've, head, got, so. you've got them in your eight. But for me, I was, I was, that was one that surprised me. With the last five picks, Nick took the Warriors, Mr. Gossip took the Panthers, I took the Tigers, MG took the Titans, and Lewis took the Dragons, and it left the poor old Parramatta Eagles as the only undrafted team. All right, that leaves us with the uh, team groupings as Mr. Gossip, he's left with the Storm, Manly, and Penrith. MG was left with the Dogs, Raiders, and Titans. Louie has the Sharks, Cowboys, and Dragons. Nick Tedeschi has Souths, Broncos, and Warriors, and I was left with the Knights, Tigers, and Roosters. Now, in terms of this uh, win pool, we were looking to chase up a sponsor, someone who was willing to throw some money out there and have this win pool as a, as a bit of a charity fundraiser. So the person who wins the pool would donate some money to a, uh, to a charity of their choice. So if there's any potential sponsors out there, flick us a uh, message or, or, or tweet us or email us, um, and we'd be more, more than happy to uh, plug the show and return to some money to, to go to a good cause, guys. Yeah, well, most definitely. Anyone who is willing to jump on board, it will go to a good cause. We're all going to choose a, a charity of our own, and uh, hopefully whoever brings home the bacon will be giving some money to a well-needed cause. But uh, moving on from that... We've done our previews, we've had our interview with Big MG, so now we move on to the weekly segment with Mr Gossip. He's not only going to give us the news this week, but he's going to give us his thoughts, much like MG, on the upcoming season for 2013. Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr Gossip. Back to the segment, as always, with Mr. Gossip, and welcome again, Mr. Gossip. G'day, fellas. How are we? Not too bad, mate. How you going? Yeah, really good, mate. Pumped, like everyone else, I would imagine, for yeah. the, for the uh, round one. Gotta love it. You got, uh, what's your scoops for this week, mate? Yeah, well, we had uh, Josh Mansour, the young Panthers winger, uh, extend his contract today for another 12 months, which is which is fantastic for the Panthers, and I, I had the privilege, actually, of sitting with um, Josh Mansell's dad um, in his first game against the Storm out of Penrith, and um, that was a, a memorable night, and I remember Josh with his first touch scored in the corner, and his dad was crying, and I, I know the family are very passionate and very happy to be out of Penrith, so, so that's good for him and, and good for the club as well. Yeah, most definitely, and I played against him in the 20s, and he's an absolute weapon, and I'm very happy that he landed on his feet there because I was very surprised that the Rabbitohs let him go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw him play a couple of games for the Bears in the New South Wales Cup and thought he was he looked the good. So, yeah, I was a little bit surprised with the Rabbitohs decisions, but um, yeah, all good luck to Penrith, I guess. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's right. He's a great young talent. He's a... Up and coming, you can only probably see him improving over the next couple of years. It's the, you know the roof for him is um, it's scary how how high the roof could go for him. Oh, definitely, he's a, he's a fantastic talent, and um, let's see how he goes with the second year syndrome. I don't want to put the oh, no. <laughs> the mockery on him, no. but um, yeah, let's see how he goes for his second year. Yeah, well, fingers crossed, he can he can go uh, as good or if not better this year. Absolutely. And also, we got um, plenty of rumours going around about Sonny Bill Williams and the big blockbuster on Thursday night. I heard um, Matty Johns come out on Triple M this morning and say that you know he wasn't likely to play and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But my mail is that Sonny Bill Williams will play, and I think that's terrific for the Roosters and, and for the game in general, really. Yeah, we spoke about this with MG with the whole ad campaign. I'm not a 
uh, hating on Sonny Bill Williams, but I just thought that if you're going to go to the start of the season and put so much weight behind it, you'd want to be pretty certain that he was going to play. I thought they probably could have invested in some of the already big stars of our game, like Inglis or Thurston or something like that for the advertising campaign, not all the SBW OMGs, and you're not even sure if he's going to get on the field. No, exactly. If they have asked me who should have been the face of... uh the NRL, I would have picked first and I wouldn't have even had to think about it, but I was a little bit surprised that, you know, that would even consider Sonny Bill Williams, you know? Yeah, most definitely. I find it strange that uh, guys like, you know, Slater, Smith, Cromp can't get a run as face of uh, face of rugby league. Right? That really shocked me. Well, yeah, why not? I mean, who makes these decisions? I don't know, mm. but they, they seem to get it wrong every year. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a tag you don't want at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> it's just crazy, and and what Nifnuff made the decision to put um, poor Jessica Malby's song as the NRL theme song. Who makes that decision as well? I just don't know what's going on. I'm not going to jump in my two cents on that. I've already had a blow up during this week watching the ad, just smashing my head against the table, going, "What's going on?" Mm-hmm. Oh, it does my head in, and I, I hate comparing our game to AFL, but at least AFL got it right. I mean, they're using ACDC, and we're using. You know, Jessica Malboy, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm not going to dive in there. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> let that one go through the keeper. Yeah. I'm trying to bait you, I'm trying to bait you. <laughs> I'll bite my tongue. My tongue's bleeding, trust me. <laughs> um, yeah, last week I was also mentioning about uh, Travis Waddell and how he was close to signing with the Warriors. Well, he was. He was very, very close to signing the Warriors. It looks like the Knights just offered him a better deal and... He signed with them for two years, which which is great for Travis because he was in, in limbo there for a little while and still still a good kid and got plenty of offer. So, and I'm sure he'll learn his trade as well from Danny Badiris. So it'd be good to see how he goes this year. Yeah, almost well, definitely. He's another one that I was at the Raiders with and even time there, fantastic player, uh, great work ethic and was quite surprised. Like a uh, Berrigan starting there, I don't, I mean, he's obviously not a long-term solution. I know Buttress is hurt, but I really thought that if you were going to move forward at Canberra, they would have been better off keeping Travis and Matt McKilrick, but that obviously wasn't uh, the decision, and I think Newcastle are going to benefit from that. Yeah, I think so too, and, and like I was saying, what better player to, to mentor yourself off yeah. than Danny Badiris? And a very similar player, actually. Uh, you know, as we all know, Danny Badiris is a fantastic defensive player, Travis is as well, so uh, hopefully help him sharpen up and attack a little bit. That's probably the only area he's really lacking in. Oh, 100%, 100%. Is it a little bit of a, um, probably uh uh, a safety as well, I think. Is Badiris out for the first couple of weeks of the comp? I understand that, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't, don't think he'll play for the first couple of weeks, and I'd be, be very surprised if um, you know, he, he sees out the whole season, to be honest. Yeah, he just um, seems to be running on old legs, doesn't he, a little bit? Great player, but, yeah, old legs. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing whispers up there that you know he cuts um, sessions short and whatnot, but that, that's fair enough. It's not an attitude yeah. thing for him. It's just his... The poor fellow's getting old. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, he can't. He's, he's, you know, a class above probably, um, you know, seventy five percent of the hookers in the NRL. So there's definitely a place for for guys like him in our game. It was just, from my perspective, it's a little bit sad that he, he went over to England for three years. So it's just three years we lost um, of a player of his class, you know, playing in our comp over here, which was sad. Yeah, it's definitely especially for Knights fans because he's they absolutely love him. Yeah, heart and soul of that club once John's left. That's for sure. Exactly, exactly. Now, a, a big one that'll probably fester over the next couple of months is, of course, Robbie Farrer and what, what he is going to do. Now, I understand that he wants to re-sign with the West Tigers, 
Now, the Rabbitohs are flashing money at him. I don't think he'll go there, even though they'll flash the big bucks at him. But I think if, if you're a Tigers fan, I'd, I'd feel pretty safe that he'll sign. But I think Ricky Stewart may may try and sway him to go to Parramatta because of their, you know, their sort of connections with the Origin side. So I think Robbie Farr will stay at Tigers. Perhaps the Eels may have a little sniff. So we'll, we'll see how that goes the rest of the year. Yeah, well, I've seen a little bit about the South and just thought Isaac Luke's on board till 2015, and even if they have had troubles with him and Maguire, it's just that's a lot of money to have up, tied up into two players. And on the flip side of it, I think if he's going to go to Parramatta, it's probably going to be his last contract. They're going to have to pay overs to get him. So surely the Tigers are at a point now where they've had him long enough to get some cap concessions and probably be in the front runner to get him to stay. Yeah, for sure. If I was a betting man, and just quietly I am, I'd put, I'd put a lot of money on him. I'd put a lot of money on him staying at the Tigers. So, if you're a Tigers fan out there, I think you're pretty safe. I find it a little bit strange from both angles. Like, I mean, Parramatta have obviously invested a lot of time and effort into Matt Keating. Um, yeah. Isaac Luke, he had a huge season last year. I think he was probably in my opinion, probably the second best hooker in the competition, if not probably the best hooker through the regular season. Cameron Smith obviously outplayed him in the finals. And then you've got Robbie Farrow, who is a mainstay, you know, along with Benji Marshall at the Tigers. It's just, it seems to me like it's it's going to create a little bit of uh, uneasiness in those clubs heading into the start of the season. It's like if you're Isaac Luke, it's not what you want to hear that they're, you know, Souths are chasing Robbie Farrow, especially after the season he had last year. Yeah, look, I already think there is friction, to be honest, between uh, Maguire and Isaac Luke. They they don't see eye to eye. And Isaac Luke, whilst you mentioned he is a fantastic player, but he could probably be even better. I think he's perhaps a little bit in fairyland half the time. Mm. Um, And I I know Maguire's trying to get the best out of him, and we saw that at the end of last year. So hopefully he stays. But, um, yeah, I'm hearing there's a bit of a friction between the two, and that's possibly why... There is a little bit of interest in Robbie Farrow. Yeah, well, let's definitely hope that, that he gets to stay there. I think also on the age side of things, I'm not saying Farrow's too old yet, but I think Luke's a bit younger, so there's definitely more upside to keeping eyes at Luke, I think, for South's point of view. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, if, if I'm Parramatta, I'm I'm dumping the Papali idea and I'm going to get Farrow. That's that's just me. I, I, that's what I'd be doing. Well, that was my next point. I, I'm almost sick of getting emails and talking about the whole Papali situation. It's going to get to the stage where Canberra are going to say, well, mate, hurry up, and Parramatta are going to say, hurry up, and no one's going to want him. Mm. I, said that to, I said that to you last week, that, you know, where's this going to put Canberra in terms of trying to sew up Williams and Croker and these other young guys that they've got? They've going to, they're going to have to make a decision quick so they're not, you know, left holding nothing when the music stops. Yeah. So. Canberra's holding. You've got till round one, buddy. Let us know what's going on, and yeah, good on as far as I know, we still yeah exactly. Yeah. As far as I know, we still hasn't made a decision, so mm. it's yeah, yeah it's, it's bloody frustrating. Yeah. All right, uh, top eight, mate. Have you, have you got a top eight penciled in for this year? I, I do. I do have my top eight. Um, I guess I'll um, I'll start from eighth spot. Yeah. And um, that's a team we we're just talking about the Raiders. I like the Raiders to sneak into eighth spot. Yeah. Um, especially if they can get that home ground advantage back again. And uh, they, they finished well towards the back end of the year, so I like them creeping into the eight. Yeah. Um, I've got seven. This is a, probably a big surprise for a lot of people, but I've got seven as the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, I, I think they'll be the biggest slider this year, you know, finishing first last year. I, I just, without Benny Barber, and we don't know how long he's going to be out for, you know, 
look, he was top try scorer. He was early M player. He was leading line breaks, leading tackle breaks. You don't just, you know, lose him and, and, and continue to be dominant. So I think they'll finish seventh. Yeah, he's going to be um, hard to replace. There's no doubt about that. No, he's the best player in the game. Yeah. And, you know, the biggest X factor I've seen since, you know, God knows when. So without him, and how many times last year did, you know, we score a double and they only win by eight points. So yeah, it's true. They're going to miss him. They're going to miss him terribly. So I think I'll finish seventh. Yeah. Um, I've got the Cowboys at sixth. I've got uh, Sea Eagles uh, in fifth spot. Yeah. Now, my, my top four... Um, I've got the Rabbitohs sneaking into the top four. I really like their roster this year, and I think they'll be better for the run uh, from last year going so close. Yeah. Uh, I've got the Broncos at three, and my top two, I've got the Storm as minor premiers, and we've got the Roosters finishing second, which are my, my biggest movers. Obviously, the Roosters finishing 13th last year, but um, I, I think they'll, they'll be the goods, and they'll, they'll finish in second. Okay, well, we, uh, we finished off our, um, our top eights after our preseason. Uh, reviews and um, I'll throw you my top eight. I've got Penrith at eighth, uh, the Knights at uh, seventh, Tigers at six, Sharks at fifth, Cowboys at four, Storm three, South two, Dogs one. But I mean, we did the Dogs three weeks ago, so obviously, if I had, if I had my time over again, I'd probably I tend to agree with you. I probably think they they'd land um, somewhere either just inside the top four or just outside the top four, but it's it's all going to depend on when... I mean, obviously, Graham will be back after round eight, and uh, it's just going to depend on when Ben Barber comes back. I mean, if he's only out for four weeks, um, but I mean eight weeks, it's, uh, you know, you're starting then to look at uh, a battle to even make the eight. That's right, and then you've got origin time as well to hit, and, um, you know, yeah. those Reynolds might be selected for there. Ennis may get a run... Um, you, you just don't know. So they, they may fall apart through that period as well. And if they don't have Benny Palmer there, who, who, and even if he does, he, even if he gets with the ball, he may, he may get selected for Queensland. So... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 